Good evening. My name is Adam Venable, and I do college ministry over at UAB. I'm one of the missionaries that Red Mountain Church supports, and it's my honor to get to open up the scriptures a little bit with you tonight. And most of y'all have seen TED Talks. Um, I, I was listening to something, and this TED Talk was brought to my attention. I don't listen to a ton of them, but um, this came out a couple of years ago. It's called The Gospel of Doubt. Have you seen this? And essentially, it starts off with a guy remembering growing up in Texas in a very religious family in East Texas, I think it was. And um, he's kind of coming of age right around the year 2000. And so you can imagine all the anxiety and hype in his little uh, fundamentalist church in East Texas about the year 2000, right? This is the end of the world. And he's very anxious about this, but he's looking forward to it because he's going to be raptured. But of course, nothing happens. And this is the first savior in his life that comes crashing down. Um, This guy's very, very smart and capable. And so he winds up at Yale going to school there. And at that point, he set his sights on just becoming the smartest, most most successful guy he could be. Um, He um, joined Lehman Brothers right around 2008, right around the stock market crash. And so then that dream came crashing down. He then starts a nonprofit, and he gets jaded about running this nonprofit. And the point of his TED Talk, this Gospel of Doubt, is that everything I tried to make my Savior failed me, and therefore you should just doubt everything. Don't make anything ultimate, doubt everything. Of course, he's, he's proved something very biblical in saying that, which is that you have to have something that's ultimate. That even re- in rejecting making something ultimate, he had made doubt ultimate, right? He just replaced his other saviors with a new one, which was doubt. And the passage that we've been looking at a little bit tonight from the Gospel of John is all about what's ultimate and who's ultimate in the life of the Jews and Pilate and ultimately what's ultimate in our lives. And so I just want to look at two things surrounding the Gospel of John and the passage that we've already read and one that we're about to read. And those two things are these. Why did they kill Jesus? Why did they kill Jesus? And why were his legs not broken? Why did they kill Jesus and why were his legs not broken? To answer the first question, there's two questions beneath it. And the first one is, why did irreligious people kill Jesus? And you see this especially if you look in John 19, 12, where, right, there's Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. From a Jewish perspective, this is the non-religious person, Um, From our perspective, this would be the guy that doesn't go to church in Birmingham. Why does he want to kill Jesus? And he says, uh, John records for us, From then on, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out, If you release this man, you're not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. What was Jesus claiming to be a king? And therefore, the Jews were saying... Caesar, if you release Jesus, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, Sorry, Pilate, if you release Jesus, you're going to be in trouble with Caesar. And that's what does it for Pilate. Pilate was afraid of Caesar. He was afraid of maybe losing his appointment. 
Um, Pilate was afraid of his, his work being tarnished, his reputation being tarnished in the empire. Jesus, this king, was messing with what Pilate had made ultimate. This is what was ultimate for Pilate. Jesus was messing with it by declaring himself to be king. And therefore, Pilate wanted him dead. Why do religious people want to kill Jesus? And you see this especially in verse 15 of chapter 19, where the Jews cry out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate says to them, and you know, throughout this story, it almost seems like Pilate gets it a little bit better than the Jews do. The Jews keep asking him to be crucified, and Pilate keeps saying, are you sure? Are you, this is your king. Sure you want us to crucify him? How do the Jews respond here? Away with him, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate says. The chief priests, who were the chief priests? Did they know their Bible? Yes, they did. Were the chief priests very uh, devoted to God? Yes, they were. Did the chief priests confess all the time, Deuteronomy 6, 4, you know, Shema Yisrael, Yahweh Eloheinu, Yahweh Echad? That's the only Hebrew I know. Hero Israel, the Lord, your, your God, the Lord is one. Chief priests every week confess that. But here they say, we have no king but Caesar. We have no king but Caesar. Jesus had messed with what was ultimate to the chief priests, which was what? Their land, their people, their kingdom, their authority. Jesus had messed with what was ultimate to the chief priests. And they thought, we don't want you around anymore. We'd like you to go away forever. Because you've messed with what's ultimate to us. Chief priests who knew their Bibles better than anybody were ready to say, we have no king but Caesar. Everybody's got something ultimate in their life. And you've got something ultimate in your life here tonight. Um, A a few things that a a pastor um, that I heard brought to my attention recently was, uh, are your children ultimate in your life? Uh, is, Is your family ultimate? This is what Jesus says. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth, but I came to set a son against his father. A person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy than me. You know, you ever thought, you know, I want to go to some Bible studies and I want to be a part of a good community group. And I really just want my children to be happy. And I want them to love me. Or I really just want my spouse to be happy. I want, I, want, I want to be a part of a church, and man, what I really want is just for my spouse to be happy. Um, sexuality. This is what Jesus said. If, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right eye causes you to sin, stumble, um, to stumble cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to, get, to go into hell. You ever, you ever thought this, that, man, you know, I want a relationship with God and I want to, um, I, I want to go on some mission trips. And I also just really want my sexual preferences to be met. What, what I want, my desires, my preferences, I really want those to be met. 
What Jesus is saying is that he doesn't want to be uh, you know, number one in your life. He says, I am life. I am life. I don't want to be alongside all these other competing ultimates in your life. But I want to be king. I want you to make me ultimate. Um, John, is the thing he wants us to see is we've got to give our hearts to Jesus in a way that we're not going to give him to, our hearts to our children. Um, we, we've got to give our hearts to Jesus in a way that we're not going to give them to our work, our reputation, our, our, our success. Why did they kill Jesus? Um, secondly, why were his legs broken? Or, I tricked you. Why were his legs not broken? That's the important thing to see here. Um, what was shocking about Christians, the first Christians 2,000 years ago, what shocked the world about Christians? What was strange about them 2,000 years ago? And one of the things was that they worshipped and followed and would even die for this man who had died on a cross. Um, an offensive and ugly and uh, just generally... Um, Round upon way to die in the Roman Empire, to put it lightly. Why did the Christians worship this guy? And then secondly, why was his death recorded in such detail in their holy book? Why did Christians have this holy book? It not only described the death of the guy they worship, but it does it in some detail. This was very strange to the world who met the first Christians 2,000 years ago. And there's this one detail that you see especially in verses 33 to 36. And it says this in chapter 19. But when they came to Jesus, he's on the cross dying, and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it bore witness, his testimony is true, and he knows that he's telling the truth. That you may also believe. For these things took place, this is important, for the scripture might be fulfilled, not one of his bones were broken. That's in quotes, you know, if you've got your Bible. It's referring back to the Old Testament. Is that a prophecy? Is, that, is, is it from Isaiah? Is that where um, John is quoting that not one of his bones will be broken? Is it from Jeremiah or Ezekiel? It's not from any of those places. It's, it's not from a prophet at all. It's actually from Exodus, the book of Exodus, surrounding the events of the Passover, where God delivered Israel out of Egypt and brought them into the freedom of the promised land. And there's this Passover ceremony where they would kill a lamb and take its blood and put it over the doorpost. And because of that blood, um, there would be no condemnation for that Israelite family, for the Israelite nation. And John is trying to get us to see that, and remind the Jews who would have known their Bibles very well, back then in Exodus, God commanded them, don't break the legs of the lamb. Don't break them. And what John is saying is that Jesus is the fulfillment of all those lambs that were sacrificed. Jesus is the fulfillment of all those Passover lambs, all the blood that was put over the doorpost that protected Israel from judgment. That this man, this guy... This, this, um, this Jewish rabbi being crucified on the cross is the fulfillment of all that. So that now everybody that believes in him, no condemnation. God's wrath is going to pass over them. If this man is your Passover, then you're free. 
you're forgiven, and you're brought out into the freedom of God's kingdom. Um, one pastor that I know, um, he likes to put it this way. It is hard to take what's ultimate to you and give it to Jesus so that he's ultimate. It is hard to do that. And the bad news is that we're the kind of people is when, when Jesus shows up saying, I'm king. That's all throughout um, John and this whole um, exchange between the Jews and Pilate. The whole thing is about who's king, it's Jesus. And we're the kind of people that when Jesus shows up to, to reign and rule in our lives, right, to, to bring us into the freedom of his kingdom, we're the kind of people that would go, nope, I don't want you around. I don't want you messing with what's ultimate to me. Don't mess with what's ultimate to me. And it's human nature, right? And there's condemnation for that. There's condemnation. But the good news is this. Jesus is saying to us, will you turn to me and let me be your Passover? Turn to me, whether it's the first time, if you're here and you're not a Christian, turn to me and let me be your Passover. Or if you've been a Christian for 20, 30, 50 years, would you turn to me again? Has your heart grown cold? Um, you know, are you, are you a member of Red Mountain Church and your heart has just grown hard and cold? Jesus is saying to us, would you, would you turn to me and, and let me be your Passover? All that condemnation has gone. And I'll, I will bring you into the freedom of my kingdom. And... As we close, um, I would just invite you to, to pray with me um, that, that God would do that in our hearts. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do confess that we, we have so many um, things that are ultimate in our hearts that we cling to. And it is hard to give them up. And we pray that you would uh, meet us in the midst of uh, coldness or... Um, despair, Lord, and that you would be our Passover. Um, Remind us that there's now no condemnation um, because of your blood. Bring us into the freedom of your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Um, We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.